Welcome to the Semicolon Club podcast. Funny name, serious podcast. In each episode, we focus on topics relevant to those living with colon cancer. It is our goal to inspire and encourage you during your fight and to provide hope throughout your journey. The show is not just for patients, but for survivors, caregivers, family, and friends as you navigate this journey together. Stay tuned. Welcome to today's podcast. Hope you're all having a great summer. So sorry that we have been on a little bit of a hiatus for the last couple of months, um, but that will tie in to what I'm going to share with you today. I will explain a little bit about what's been going on in in my personal life, and um, that is going to hopefully shed some uh, some light and also give some help um, to others who might be in the same position. So my dad um, had had multiple myeloma three years ago and had been in remission, um, been doing great. And all of a sudden, um, about, well, a little over two months ago now, um, he experienced a uh, spontaneous broken uh, leg and not due to a fall or anything, but just a bone snap. And so, um, after surgery and a few days of, of testing and, and such, um, it was discovered that it was a pathological fracture that was due to, um, a recurrence of the multiple myeloma. And so we're, we're going through getting treatment for him and, um, he's recovering from, uh, you know, broken bones. And so we've, we've got some things going on there. So I have been, um, actively, um, with my mom, a caregiver for him. And so that's why I've been, um, been on the hiatus for a couple months now, but, uh, back, back in the saddle now. And what I want to share with you today, um, this is going to be a part one of a caregiver series that I'm going to do. But what I want to share today are just, um, a few points that I myself have, learned and experienced, and I hope will be helpful to you guys. Um, I've been working, you know, with colon cancer patients and with Rump Shaker now for several years, and I thought I knew a thing or two about advocating for patients. Well, let me just tell you that I have learned over the last two months how much I didn't know. And so that's what I hope to, I hope my experience will help somebody out there who's in the same position um, as a caregiver. Um, I want to share with you guys my email address. Um, It's Jackie.Turner at RumpShaker5K.com. And if you have any questions or if you just need some direction, perhaps I can help direct you to a patient navigator or someone who may can help you in your area. Um, I'll be happy to do that. So, so please feel free to email me at any time, um, you know, with questions, and, and I'll be happy to try to point you in the right direction. But as to the experience that I've had and some things that I've learned, um, the first thing I want to say is how much I have uh, grown respect for those in our medical community that are just out there on the front lines. Um, This has been an extremely difficult year and a half uh, for those first responders, those frontline workers, and they are dealing with shortages. They are dealing with, um, you know, just being shorthanded. The nurses, the techs, they are doing a great job 
in some very, very difficult circumstances. So I want to just, um, I just want to thank them for everything that they are doing um, in some very difficult circumstances. Um, the next thing that I would like to talk to you about is the, the first thing that I've learned through this journey, and that is the need to follow up with your physicians. So if you are someone who is getting, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're in remission and you're just getting routine blood work every month, three months, six months, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, maybe you get those follow-up colonoscopies. Um, maybe you are, maybe you're not a colon cancer survivor. Maybe you're a different, um, a different cancer out there and you're listening to us. Um, you get the routine mammogram or the pap smear, whatever it may be. Um, you get this follow-up test, follow-up blood work. That's the position we were in with my dad. And, um, you know, everything's just bumping along, doing well, doing well. And apparently, um, in his last blood work, he had had a significant, um, a significant issue, a significant increase. And, um, you know, it was, it was just overlooked. There wasn't, a phone call wasn't made um, to my parents. And unfortunately, he actually experienced this on two fronts. Um, there would have been an incidental finding at another doctor's office that, that we, that we later discovered, but, um, they just failed to, they failed to make a phone call. And so, you know, not, not putting any blame on anyone, but what, what I want to, my, what I'm endeavoring to do is share with you the things that I've learned that I wish I'd have done differently. Um, so that maybe that'll help someone else. So the, the mentality of no news is good news. You know, we all have that that want to just believe everything's okay. Um, if the doctor says, you know, they'll call you if there's anything wrong and you don't get a phone call, then everything's good, right? We 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 want to go with that and we want to um, we want to embrace that and just keep moving forward. And so that's the first thing I want to I want to share is make sure you follow up. Um, everyone's human and everyone makes mistakes. Um, things fall through the cracks. And so if you take that initiative to just make a phone call, Hey, did my blood work come back? Is everything okay? Is there anything further I need to do? A simple phone call. Um, did that test, did those test results come back? Is everything good? You know, in our position, in our case, if we would have done that, somebody would have gone, Oh, no, it's not. Okay, no, we need to, we, we've got something here we're supposed to follow up on. Um, maybe that would have made a little bit of difference in some of the rehab issues that we're dealing with. It might not have. You don't know. And so, therefore, we just move forward. But in, in the future, I know I will follow up anytime there's a test or blood work or anything done, no matter, you know, if it's routine or not. Um, and this could apply even if you're not going through cancer treatment. You know, you may get that routine blood work done at your doctor's office. They're going to call you if there's anything wrong. Well, you know, just call and follow up. Make that simple phone call and follow up. So that's, that's number one. Follow up. Take charge of your own health. Ultimately, we're each responsible for our own health. We're responsible for making sure that we get things taken care of. Um, yes, our, our doctors and our nurses are there to 
to diagnose and to treat and support us. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you're taking charge and partnering with them and not just relying on them to make that phone call. So follow up. Um, the second thing that I would encourage you to do is to educate yourself about whether it's you or your loved one or your friend, whomever it may be. Educate yourself on the medications that are being administered. Um, we just came out of a very long hospital stay and followed up by a long hospital rehab stay. And the thing that I learned there is that you need to know, especially when you're dealing with someone who's on multiple medications, you know, due to age or, or just the conditions that they're dealing with, um, but particularly if you're dealing with an elderly, um, you know, parent or, you know, even an elderly spouse or, or family member that you're assisting uh, with care, they may have a long list of medications. And if you're like me, you know what a lot of medications are for, but then there's a lot that you don't really understand either. So take those, take those extra steps, educate yourself, have a list of the medication that they're supposed to receive, whether it's morning, afternoon, or evening. And when the nurses come by and they're ready to administer the medications, all you need to do is simply just make sure that we're getting everything that we need to get. And I'm going to tell you why I feel so strongly about this. Um, on more than one occasion in the hospital, the wrong medication was brought in. And had it not been for my mom on one occasion, myself on another, saying, now, wait a minute, why are we getting that? What, what, what is that for? Um, and on both occasions, it, the wrong medication had been pulled. It was for another patient. Um, now, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have caught that had we not been there. They very well could have caught it. There are stop gaps in place. Um, you're supposed to scan bands. You're supposed to check names. Um, but that doesn't always happen. And so, you know, you do need to just just be educated. Like, be a help to be a help to those who are taking care of you. They are overworked and they're spread very thin and they're not doing these things maliciously. They're not meaning to pull the wrong medication, but when you're having to pull several patients at one time, that can happen. And so just simply being aware could stop an accidental issue. And so I educate yourself. Um, another, another thing that I would encourage you to do um, when it comes to any tests that you receive or, you know, blood work, testing, whatever, I would encourage you to have your own file, ask for a copy of that blood work, ask for a copy of that test, and just keep those things, um, you know, in a file folder. And then when you go to a different doctor, um, if you are being referred, um, I know when, with, with my dad, we had several consults come in because of some different things that we're dealing with with him. And so, um, you know, when you go to sit down with that doctor you've never seen before, it would be helpful if you have those things in hand that if they'd like to look at those, you have them available. Um, I have found over the years just with myself personally that I've showed up for a doctor's appointment that I was referred to. And lo and behold, they didn't have the test result. They didn't have the blood work. They, whatever they needed had not been sent. But yet I had it with me. I had a copy. And 
on more than one occasion. Thank you very much. Can I go make a copy of that for our file? And so it's just a good practice. Um, and it goes, it goes to educating. You know, it goes to educating yourself. It goes to being on top of what's going on so that you just, you're just part of the process. What you want to, you want to be part of the process and you want to be a help. Um, you want to be an advocate. Like I said, specifically, if you're dealing with, um, dealing with uh, a parent or um, someone who may be a little elderly, um, they may they they may need a little bit more of that help, and just they may not always remember every medication they're taking or uh, when they had this test done. So it's just good practice to have those things that you can take with you, and just just be a help. Um, they may not need it, they may not want it, but it's better to have it than to get there and have no blood work and no test and realize you have to come back or start again, or we got to do something, you know, we got to do something today while we're here. So follow up, educate, make a file. The last thing that I want to share for today's podcast is to appreciate. You will be far better served if you Take the mentality, especially when you're in a situation where it's long haul, where you're in the hospital for an extended period of time, uh, where you're in rehab, where you're whatever the case may be. Um, so many, so many folks that go through cancer treatment will have long hospital stays, and then they will even have the, the rehabilitation process <clears throat> in many cases. And so, what what I find is, or what I found, I should say, is that. If you can just stop and just appreciate what the folks are doing for you. Yes, they make mistakes. Yes, they're overworked. You know, yes, there's a lot of things going on right now. And it would be very easy to be frustrated at times. It'd be very easy to be frustrated with, you know, why are we, why is it an hour past when medication's supposed to come? You know, why? it's very easy to become frustrated. But if you will take the approach of appreciating and thankfulness, I guarantee it will make a world of difference in your outlook. It will make a world of difference with the patient that you're caring for. If they see you becoming frustrated and agitated, then that's going to rub off on them. And that's certainly the last thing we want is to cause more stress to our loved one who we're, you know, endeavoring to care for and, and advocate for. So, that's that's another thing that I, I just see so much of is there's so much frustration. You hear folks just talking so ugly to some of the nurses. And, you know, I realize that they, yeah, there, there may be times that they're not, that they're not doing things exactly like you want it done. But I also really saw just how overworked they are. And as I said in the beginning, just such an appreciation for what they do. It's in many cases such a thankless job. But if you can take on an attitude of appreciation and thankfulness and look at it through that lens, I feel like it really makes a difference. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Semi Colon Club podcast. See you next time. Welcome to today's podcast. 
Today, we're going to go over a few things that you can do as a caregiver to take care of yourself. If you're not taken care of, then you're not going to be able to take care of those around you. So first, I want to start off by commending you for taking on the task. Some folks are put in the position to be a caregiver because they choose to be, and then others become a caregiver with little to no warning, and they just find themselves in that position. But no matter why you are in the position of a caregiver, there are a few things that you can do to help yourself, which will in turn benefit the people that you are taking care of. The first thing is to accept help. Be prepared when other folks ask you what they can do. I know for some of us that's very difficult. And sometimes you may find yourself in a position where you really just don't know what you can do. What what you can do to help the other the, the person who is the caregiver. You know, you want to take a meal, but maybe they're not at home. Um, I know I experienced that with my dad. Um, I had several friends that wanted to, they reached out, they wanted to help. But in the particular situation we were in, um, there just wasn't a whole lot that people could do um, as far as meals and that type thing because we were just in the hospital. But if, um, if you're in a position where maybe you've gotten the person home, uh, maybe you're caring for someone in the home, uh, maybe a friend or family member is able to run an errand or pick up groceries or bring a meal. Accept that help and don't feel bad about it. Friends and family want to help. They wouldn't offer if they didn't want to. Um, the second thing is to get connected. Find out about uh, caregiving resources that may be available through your hospital, through your doctor's office, um, even in your community. Um, there are many uh, community caregiving services that would offer transportation, meal delivery, things like that. And those are a lot of times provided at no cost. Um, they're just service. Uh, different, different folks in the community are just donating their time to serve those in the community. So check with your doctor's office, check with the patient navigators at the, um, at the hospital or the cancer centers and see what resources might be available. Another thing that you can do, and I think this is very important, um, is joining a support group. A support group for the person going through treatment um, is very vital, but there are also support groups for caregivers. And a lot of times, you as the caregiver, you need to be able um, to talk with others who are in the same position, talking to people that understand what you're going through and may can give you some things that they've done to help. Um, they may can just give you tips and tricks for the person that you're caring for, um, maybe something they found that worked. It could be something so simple as um, how they were able to get, get the, um, the patient to eat, um, maybe things that they found. Um, I know one thing that I would have never thought of um, until I started working with colon cancer patients is when you're going through um, the cancer treatment for colon cancer, they talk about um, 
you know, lemon drops, um, things like that, that you can just suck on, uh, peppermint, lemon drop type things, um, just hard candy, just little things like that. If you've never been down this road, you may not realize that, oh, that's something that, you know, might help with nausea, or it might just be something, um, you know, that, that get get a few calories in them and just, just settle their stomach. So just little tips and tricks that you may pick up from um, these support groups. I, I definitely think that is a very important thing that you can do. Um, another thing is for you to set personal health goals for yourself. Um, trying to set a good sleep routine and trying to set aside time to be physically active um, as many days of the week as possible. Trying to eat a healthy diet and, and drink plenty of water. Um, those are the things that are really, really, I would say, the first to go. Um, you know, when you're in a stressful position, when you're trying to take care of somebody else, the first thing you do is either quit eating altogether, and, you know, it's, it's like just trying to grab maybe one meal a day, or um, you are stress eating, which means you're just grabbing the first thing you can find and not really giving any thought to, to try to make healthy choices. So, that is that's very important um, to, to try to set this personal health goals because the healthier you are, the better able you'll be to take care of that patient. Um, not getting enough sleep, that that causes health issues. Um, and just you know for some for some folks, depending on what the situation is, you may be up and down throughout the night. Um, I've, I've heard it likened to, you know, almost having a baby, except, you know, you've got an adult who is on a sleep schedule. Um, maybe it's due to medication that they're having to be administered. Uh, you know, maybe they're needing help getting to the restroom, whatever the case may be, might be taking blood sugar, um, whatever that may be. You may be getting up four or five, six times a night to care for that patient. And that makes it very difficult, you know, for both the patient and the caregiver. So trying to set as best a schedule as you can uh, to allow for some rest. Um, and one way that you might can achieve this um, is something called respite care. Um, it might be hard to think about letting your loved one be taken care of by someone else, um, but there there are services called respite care. And these um, these services are available through most hospitals. Um, certainly, talking to patient navigators at the different cancer centers, they can talk to you about about respite care. Um, there are several options. You can do in home, where you have a healthcare provider come into the home, and they can provide anything from companionship, nursing services. Um, bath, aid, you know, all kinds of things are available just depending on what you need with your particular situation. So you've got the in-home respite and then you have um, adult care centers and different kinds of programs where you may actually um, be able to take the patient and let them spend some time with other other folks. Um, it may be, you know, people going through similar uh, medical situations, or it may be a variety of things, um, but just just an area where you can go and they can have some interaction, but also gives you some time to possibly run errands or just get some rest. Um, so there are 
there are different options. I would definitely encourage you talk to talk to your social workers, patient navigators, whoever is available um, at your at your particular location or cancer center. So you um, can talk to them and just try to get some recommendations on what respite care is available in your area.